Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Monster Monday presented, of course, by DraftKings, America's number one rated sportsbook app. And I am so fired up about today's show and today's guest. And he's been on before, but we've got some new stuff to talk about. We've got 10 questions with Kyle Brandt. We'll get to my buddy Kyle in a second. Hopefully you guys have already heard about the show. It is fantastic. Everybody's talking about the things that people are talking with Kyle about. So my guess is you've already heard some of the clips or watched them from his interview with Aaron Rodgers in the debut episode. It is a new week, which means we'll have a new Spread the Word winner via social media. You know the deal there, at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod, the easiest contest in North America, or actually a lot of you guys are all over the place, so easiest contest in the galaxy to win, as always. Love the sponsor confirmation email winners. Again, nobody really won last week, so if you want to ask me an Ask Ross question this week or a Tux tape on the show, like literally... We give you the Zoom link. You're talking to me. Hey, Ralph, good question. Or, hey, Ralph, that's what we're doing. So take advantage of the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Put the code Ross in or betql.com, whatever, and send it to me, Ross at RossTucker.com. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, so it's always a little bit weird to – interview someone that you've known since you were 18 and is one of your best friends in the world for I guess 22 23 years now uh since we first met in August of 1997 and it's so funny Kyle because initially I had all kinds of stuff by the way Kyle Brandt good morning football at Kyle Brandt on Twitter 10 questions with Kyle Brandt we're gonna get into that I had a lot of questions, Kyle, mm-hmm. about your show and blah, blah, blah. But then I started thinking, like, it's pretty crazy that we met when we were 18. And here we are at 41. And we're kind of doing a lot of the same things. Like, you have a podcast. that We both have podcasts. We're both in football, NFL, media. And I don't think – I don't recall either one of us really talking about doing this 
once. Like you wanted to be an actor, as mm-hmm. far as I remember. Yeah. I didn't really know what I wanted to be. I guess I was like, okay, I'll just do the finance thing that everybody else does. And yet, and we took, by the way, very different paths to get here. <laughs> and yet we're here. It's impro- like, isn't it the most improbable part? It's not that we ended up working in football because we've always loved football and played it and we have the gift of gab. It's that last part, the how we got from point A to point B, where you are running around with the Buffalo Bills and the Dallas Cowboys, and I'm in the, the co-ed shower in the real world house and then doing soap operas, and, and yet here we sit with podcasts and microphones in 2021 or whatever the hell year it allegedly is. It is weird, Ross, and I want to make sure none of your listeners nor any of your guests knew you when you were a chubby, curly-haired 18-year-old playing defensive line wearing number 99, splitting a half a pizza and a case of bush light and breaking controllers when you'd get your ass whooped in GoldenEye. I knew that kid, though. (laughs) You know what, too? It's funny because... Even, you know, this is a good lesson, I feel like, for listeners, because even in our 20s, from age 22 to 28, when I was an NFL player, I didn't really think I was going to get into the media. Like, I, you know, I I wanted to do that when I was younger, but then you go to Princeton, it's all the finance stuff. And then even when I was playing, I would do internships with, like, Roger Staubach's commercial real estate. And I just looked at the media and I just thought – those jobs go to the biggest names or whatever, and everybody can do that. I went to Princeton, right? So I should get a, a real job, like a serious, you know, commercial uh, real estate or whatever, right? Uh, I banking. Private equity, right? Like hedge fund. I should be hedge fund Ross right now. And you, though, in your early 20s, was like the real world and then days of our lives. So even like... 25, 26, 27 years old, which is 14 years ago, neither one of us thought we would be doing what we're doing right now. And that's fair, right? Totally fair. And it's it's the roots of it you're dead on about. Um, It'll shock all your listeners to know that Ross and I were both in the same fraternity. And I remember when we were like juniors in the fraternity, even sophomores, you would hear that one of the older brothers not only did he land this like sick eye banking job, but he got a, a signing bonus for like a hundred grand. And this was in the nineties. And like, I'm still paying for food with the gas card that my dad gave me at the shell station. And this guy is going to work for a Lehman brothers or Goldman Sachs and a hundred grand. And it's just, that's just the sign. And so we, there is a pressure there. And I felt it too. Like, I guess we're supposed to go to wall street or something and like make all this money. And yet we stuck to our guns And I will never forget the moment ever when you asked me senior year in the spring, dude, can you come down to Jadwin gym, which is where Princeton basketball is. And can you film me doing some drills? And I was like, film you for like, for like for the NFL, because Ross, I'm talking to your listeners now, Ross was a really, really good Ivy league player, but like, I didn't know you had NFL dreams, not real ones. And I remember I came down and I filmed you, which was hard at the time because you had to have like a, a handy cam with actual videotape running through it. And you do you were doing like these hip stretches and showing how loose you were and doing all the drills and the explosion. And I was like, well, this will be fun to play at like Ross's bachelor party or something. But as it <laughs> as it turned out, that like was for your agent. And then that worked out. So I couldn't believe that we were actually doing it because 
I mean, I wasn't like, I didn't think it was a joke, but I just, I'm like, this is a crazy long shot that we're filming this thing. And yet now here we are. And that's why you have all those helmets behind you. You know, um, it's funny that workout was for the Bengals. Okay. For Frank Verducci. And I got two funny things about that. Number one, when I got cut by Washington in 2002 and picked uh-huh. up on waivers the next day by the Dallas Cowboys, it's because Frank Verducci was the Dallas Cowboys offensive line coach. And I made that kind of impression in front of him that day. Like having you film it and me saying, Coach, is it okay if I film this so I can send this to other teams? I think he like loved that. And so then I was like super conscientious during it. And he remembered that. He called me during the draft. We might try to get you after the draft. And then the next year, he's in Dallas, picks me up. And then, like, three weeks later, I'm starting for the Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving. And it goes back to the video. So here's something else that's funny about that video. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You're going to love this. All right. So Ivy League, right? So I'm a little bit uh, inferiority complex. So I get, like, 310, 315 pounds. And for whatever reason – when I was doing those workouts, I would take my shirt off, right? Like, I, I just was like, I guess I thought I was looking good. Or like, I, I don't know. I, I distinctly remember, I am pretty sure, just in case for NFL workouts, that I would have my shirt off. I think I may have fake tanned a few times. Did you? Yes. I think oh, I may have fake tanned. And you know what's funny? My agent sent that video to Washington. Tony Sperano, rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, Marty Schottenheimer, Joe Pendry. Tony Sperano and Joe Pendry watched it. And they laughed. Evidently, this is a story I've been told. Okay. They laughed their ass off that I did the that I did the drills with no shirt on. <laughs> and they were like, they were like, dude, if there's a Princeton kid who takes his shirt off for like the, these videos to send to, to to NFL offensive line coaches like he took his like he thinks he looks that sweet that he took his shirts off for the videos to send it like sure let's sign him like they literally mentioned that to my agent Joe Linta that they thought it was hilarious that I did that workout with my shirt off and that's also part of the reason why I got signed by the then Redskins you look you were leaving no stone unturned I think there's actually a serious part to it where you're like, I got to stick out. This videotape is going to set the course for the rest of my career. I'm going to go tanning. I'm going to put those little goggles on, and I'm going to look as well as I can on camera. I'm going to take the shirt off because I think I look good. It's wild that I was there for that because, Ross, if you think about it, you know, that videotape launched your entire career in Empire. It's sort of like your Kim Kardashian moment. Like, without that videotape, (laughs) we're not talking right now. That's crazy. You filmed, you you filmed you filmed my porn. You filmed. My- <laughs> I, I was sort of like in a roundabout way, like the Ray J of it, like that was the accessory to it, and you were the star. So I'm thrilled. I'm absolutely thrilled. There's your talent. So you know what's weird though? What you do now, and mm-hmm. I hope you take this the right way, but I, I knew in college you wanted to be an actor, and we yeah. can get into that in a second, right? That was very clear. In fact, you know, I'm going to start with that. All right. So, Kyle, we probably have mentioned this one of the other times you're on, but Kyle would be in plays. Yeah. And I am a football meathead. And he would every once in a while maybe have to miss a practice or two in the spring to be a part of the plays. 
And I would be like, dude, that's that is weak. You are soft. Like, it's funny because I don't think people think that Ivy League schools would have football meatheads. Yeah. But you could probably describe how much of a football meathead like I actually am, despite the fact that I went to Princeton. But I would like criticize you for that. I'd be like, I can't believe you do that. But you have to give me credit. I still showed up at every one of your performances, and I would bring a brown bag of like a six pack of Yingling, yeah. which is totally illegal. <laughs> and I sit there while you're doing Othello or whatever the play is you're doing, yeah. and I would just sit there and crush beer after beer. And like I remember being like even either in a building or like a couple of them were outside, like in like courtyards or something. And I would just crush beers and support you even though it pissed me off that you missed a couple practices. Like, like two spring practices means anything in the big scheme of life. <laughs> and I, I – listen, I remember you going to that outdoor play because that was freshman year, spring of 98, and you went with another friend of ours. And that was a bad first play to go to because that was not some contemporary thing with funny dialogue and everything. This was a full – I, I don't think it was Shakespeare. In fact, I remember the play was called, and I'm not making this up. You can Google it. The play was called Tis Pity, She's a Whore. And it was very pretentious language and acting and very affected. I had no idea what I was doing. And I think you were so mortified with just like a slight edge of actual rage that I was doing that when I was supposed to be, you know, the running back and the football player. So you finally came around on that. But Ross, you were a football meathead in the Ivy League, and yet Dude, like you were Socrates compared to some other guys that we know that went there and we played with. I, I think if anybody is still clinging to this idea that quote unquote Ivy League is sweaters wrapped around your neck and tennis lessons and Lacoste, there's a little bit of that. But like there are full blown like idiots <laughs> that go there. I don't know how. Maybe they just aced their SATs or something. But like there are people you're like, dude, like you are like a scumbag and I think also not intelligent. And yet here you are in this lecture hall learning about economics right next to someone who is maybe going to run the country someday. It's, it's a weird melting pot. All right. So I, I put that out there because to me, I feel like what you do sometimes is you've combined like your two greatest passions. Like, You've and so have I in a different way, but yeah, you you like to be in front of people. You like you're not acting, right? But when you do the Wall Street skit, I'll call it a skit. Sure, when it is. you do was it Trent and who? Uh, Jared and Trent. <laughs> Jared and Trent, which is amazing. I wish you guys could do that. You and Traeger just need to meet up somewhere and do it. We might. Uh, number one, and number two, like even when you do like some of the videos that go viral for the Eagles. I know you're not acting, but I, you know I, I don't want you to take offense to that. I'm performing. You're, you're sure. presenting. Yeah. And so to me, it's like you are taking what you did in college and your love of football, and you've kind of combined the two things you love the most into the gig you have now. Yeah, it, it ended up that way, and, and I don't know how. And I'm sure everybody listening consumes sports media and watches and listens to a lot of it. So the building blocks are kind of interesting if you want to learn how that happens. The, the short version is the NFL wanted a brand-new morning show. They had never had success on NFL Network with their morning shows. They just weren't working. They weren't registering. And they think, and I think, 
part of the problem was is they were doing them out of LA. So you have people doing a morning show and they're waking up at midnight to go on the air at 3 a.m. local. It's just, there's something about it doesn't work. So I said, screw it, we're moving to New York. We're hiring an outside production company, these creative company called Embassy Row, and give us something. So they hire Nate Burleson. You got your ex-player, charismatic as hell. They hire Kay Adams. You have this uh, strong female anchor type. Peter Schrager, he's an insider. He has sources. He texts with coaches and GMs. And then they're like, who's the other guy? What, what the hell is he doing there? Because it didn't fit any of the blocks. And I was kind of wondering, like, I don't fit any of them either. And I guess I, I don't even I've ever told you this, Ross, but like in the first month of the show, I was on really thin ice because the NFL was like, we don't get this guy. We we want ex-players and journalists and strong, you know, like this guy didn't play in the NFL. He doesn't have any sources. He doesn't have anything like that. And then the, the production company who cast me was like, just give it a second. He's a wild card. Every show has insider, ex-player, female, whatever. We need something different. So this guy is our X factor, and I think you'll like him. But it got dicey for the first few weeks, and I think the NFL thought they made a mistake. And then I hit a couple rants, and a couple things popped. And um, thank God they're like, yeah, he can stay. And now here we are four years later. You you never told me that. That's yeah. interesting. It's not surprising. Now, look, I'm biased. I love Nate. I love Schrager. Yeah. I am with Kay. Yeah. But to me, you're like the breakout star of the show. When there are viral clips or there are people talking about Good Morning Football, it appears to me to be stuff that you've done. And I think that that is why you now have this new podcast, 10 Questions with Kyle Brandt. And correct me if I'm wrong, basically the stuff you do on Good Morning Football and the fame or the attention you've gotten from it, it's part of the reason why like you've been able to get some of the guests you've gotten like Aaron Rodgers. It's a big reason why. And uh, listen, if you're listening, you maybe you like Good Morning Football, maybe you don't. I think the players really like it. In fact, I know they do because it's on in the facility because it's the league's network and because it's very positive and it's fun. And we're not just sitting there kicking them in the shins like they do on debate shows or first take or whatever, which are very successful shows. But just a different thing. So I know for a fact, you know, Rogers is a huge Good Morning Football fan, and he's tweeted a lot of love for it before. But I've gotten that question over the past few weeks. Like, you know, dude, how the hell did you book Aaron Rodgers for an exclusive sit-down that went almost two hours? And I was like, the honest answer to that is I've been working on booking that interview for literally 12 years. I met Aaron Rodgers in about 2009, I think, when I was working for Jim Rome in California, just in the green room. He's the guest that day. I'm a producer. We chatted a little bit about, um, you know, music or something. And then I would see him every couple of years when he'd come on the Rome show. And then he started, we started DMing because he would say things I said on Good Morning Football. And I was super flattered. And so it took me 12 years. And I didn't have, the NFL has nothing to do with my new podcast. And so they didn't book it. Spotify didn't book it. And I needed a guest to kick this thing off. And I sent him a direct message on Twitter. It was not a sophisticated thing. And I said, dude, here's what the show is. Uh, I think you would like it. And I had a joke. I said, I, I think it's poetic. I think you should finally be a number one overall pick in something. And I'd like you to be mine. And uh, I just sent it. It's one of those things where you, you put send. And you're like, God, I hope he responds. I've worked on the show a really long time. And like within five minutes, DM from Aaron Rodgers says, yes, I'm in. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. This is going to be great. And he came on and he just could not have been a cooler guy. So wait a minute. Did you tell him it was going to be two hours? <laughs> no, we didn't talk about how long it was going to be. And it's funny because, Ross, so here's how this goes. You DM, you know, sometimes you hit him and he tweets you, he DMs you back. And then you're like, 
He hasn't responded. Kind of got to get this on the books. The company needs to know. Like, you got to get some things on the books. So I didn't think it was going to happen. And then he he all of a sudden replies, I'm in. Here's my cell. We start texting. On a Friday night, he goes, let's do it. Can you go right now? And I said, sure. We just have to flip open the computer, and I'll tell the Spotify guys to roll. So we sit down to do this on a Friday evening. And I'm telling you, it's like 7 or 8 o'clock. It's, it's very unusual in that sense. So – I'm a little nervous. I've spent a lot of time preparing. I open the laptop. It's all, all this nonsense about join video, connect the audio, blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden, I'm like, and poof, there he is. And I'm like, oh, there's Rogers. And he's got a beard, and he's got this starry background behind him that he'd been using for his Packers Zoom meetings. And he, he has, which I loved, what appeared to be a bucket of scotch whiskey next to him and he just started pulling from it the second we started rolling and i never said how long it was going to be he never said he's got to go ross as someone who talks to athletes for a living i'm talking to you it was a once in a lifetime time when you have a huge whale on the line with nowhere to go a lot of things to say and he's drinking so it, it doesn't get any better than that so i asked him everything i could think of i i, I mean I don't do anything ahead of time, and I'm obviously not even in the stratosphere of it. I don't do anything ahead of time without knowing exactly how long they want me. I know. And by the way, people always go five minutes longer than they say that they're going to. They say 15 minutes, it's 20. They say 20. Like for this, I told Kyle 15 and 20 minutes. We're already past 20 minutes. That's how I it goes. Uh, but so, But that's how – like I cannot believe Aaron Rodgers. You know, he always has seemed so guarded – like, for him to sit there for two hours, at all, number one. Number two, to be drinking while he's doing something that he knows a lot of people are going to watch and listen yep. to. And number three, to be so honest. Like, you weren't the first person to talk to him after the Packers drafted Jordan Love. Right. You weren't even, like, the fifth person. But you got the best answers. Like, everything he said about Twitter – about like Skip Bayless and people yeah. that like sell their soul when he's talking about the media. Like it was just so nice to have like, yes. Like I'm so glad like he's, you know, it's almost like he just said, screw it. I'm doing it. I know. Give me my scotch. I'm saying what I think. And like, it's just so nice when you hear guys actually say what they think, because so often, you know, they know they got to say what they have to say. I know. I was shocked. It, it was just um, as the answers kept coming, I just got into a zone and I, I'm not using this as a cliche. I think that is the only time in my life I will ever have that situation. It was that rare of the guy of that stature. And, you know, I could have asked him anything, Ross. And it, I did not ask him about his family life. I did not ask him about his romantic life, mostly because I don't care. And I also just respected the privacy. Just there's too many other things to talk about. But I think if I would have, he might I don't, he might have talked. And he doesn't talk about that stuff. He was just in that phase where I'm up for anything, man. And I kept it fun enough for him. He's also, dude, he's like, he's roughly in our age range. He likes all the same music. He likes all the same movies. So and he's sitting there on a Friday night drinking, talking to a friend. It, it could not have been easier. And I think the postscript, to pull back the curtain a little bit, after we were done, I'm texting with him a little bit and he's asking questions like, when's this going to come out? You know, and, um, you know, what clips are you going to release? And I and I'm saying, is there anything you'd like? You know, like, tell me, like, if you have an opinion on it. And he goes, oh, dude, like, I don't care. Release anything you want. 
I just want to listen to it. I just really liked it. He's like, but I have no say whatsoever on what you put out. Put whatever you want. Like, I'm responsible for what I said, which I just thought was so cool. Yeah, really, really cool. So question. Yeah. Um, the the 10 questions game show. Mm -hmm. uh, explain that. And also any any concern that like, like, how do you beat? I mean, you want to start, you want to, you want to do the best you can in the first episode, obviously, but it's like, dude, how are you going to top that? Like, how are you going to beat that? Oh, believe me. I've thought it's like, you you know, the B-52s play a concert and they play Love Shack for their first song. It's like, oh, what do we do now? I mean, Rock Lobster's all right, but like. Love Shack again. Love Shack again. I'm that guy, by the way. Play it again. I'm that guy, I'm that guy at a concert that yells at the one hit wonder. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Play that again. Hey, this is off our uh, we're uh, we're Smash Mouth, and this is off our new album. No, play All Star again, dude. We played it four times already. Play it five. Uh, so, but that might happen. I may have to have Rogers on again. He may be he may be my love shack. So, I'm a little worried about that, sure. But uh, because how do you follow that? Um, the ten questions thing. All right, it's 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 tricky to understand until you listen to it, and then it makes perfect sense. So you would understand this. I'm way too late uh, to the podcast game or I don't have the platform or maybe the talent to just jump in and say, hey, everybody, I have a podcast. I talk about sports and crack a few jokes and have some friends on as guests. So click subscribe. Like, no, there's too many people at the party. I needed a novelty. I needed something to cut through everything else that make it sound different. So it's really a game show that's combined with a talk show. And let me say what I mean. 10 questions is literal. Every contestant, I don't call them guests, I call them contestants that come on, they get 10 trivia questions that are really random and strange and tangential. If they get it right, they get a point. If they don't, they get zero. So, and then after they answer the question, I show how it's connected to their life. For example, um, one of the questions to Rogers was, it's a category called, what is this movie? I play a movie clip for him. He's all you have to do is name the movie. So he played a clip and he was Robert De Niro talking about fire. And he's like, I know what that is. That's the movie Backdraft. And I go, ding, ding, ding. You get the point. Okay, Aaron Rodgers got number three right. Aaron, you mentioned Backdraft. So let's go back to the draft. Take me that night. And you you, know, you make a segue like that. Or he wanted a question about Lord of the Rings or he didn't want one. But I gave him one because he loves Lord of the Rings. I asked him the Lord of the Rings question. We talked about Lord of the Rings for a minute. I say, all right. Speaking of rings, how do you feel about people who say you've underachieved because you only have one ring? So at the end of the thing, they get a 6 out of 10, a 10 out of 10, a 1. They get a score. And if you appeal to the athlete's competitive nature and be like, by the way, Aaron, uh, the, you know, the last guy who came out or the next guy who came out is going to try to beat the score. So if you got a 6 and he gets an 8, we're going to tweet it and he's going to dunk on you. And then they get really pissed and competitive. And it's fun. And episode 2 is Tyron Matthew. Tyron Matthew is out now. The Honey Badger was episode two. He was my rock lobster in this set. Got it. <laughs> and then what, what, how often are they being released? When will we know who episode three is? Like, tell yeah, me I can tell you right now. Every Wednesday, uh, it's released on Spotify. And if there's people who are like scrunching up their nose, like, ah, Spotify, ah, you can, it's on YouTube too. You can watch the whole thing. It's produced like a game show with sounds and everything. So uh, Aaron Rodgers week one. Tyron Matthew, uh, week two, and you'd love it, Ross. Like he's got great, great stuff. Next week and for next Wednesday, it will be Paul Rudd, and we talk all about. I've already, I've already recorded. We talk all about Anchorman and Avengers and slapping the base and the Chiefs and being in their title after they won the title game in their locker room. And then week four, 
uh, is Kirk Cousins, which I have also already recorded. And Ross, you have not lived until you hear Kirk Cousins tell the story of the time he attempted for his 30th birthday party to hire Creed to play a private concert in his home (laughs) and looked it up and had his agent get in touch with Creed's people and eventually balked at the price. And I'm like, Kirk, you you make a really good living. Everybody in the world knows how much money you make. This is your 30th birthday. You couldn't afford Scott Staff to show up and sing Arms Wide Open for one night? You couldn't swing that? And he gets into a whole description of trying to hire it. So that's episode four, and that'll be out in a couple weeks from now. Dude, I can, that's hilarious. I know. I love stuff like that. I, know, I, I love stuff like that. You know, the last thing, and I'll let you go, it's kind of funny. You know, we don't talk about, I mean, we talk about this amongst each other, but yeah. we don't talk about it like publicly. You know, we didn't have a single winning season in our four years yep. at Princeton, right? And yet, you and I, for this interview, we're both wearing. Princeton gear, Princeton football t-shirts. Yeah, subtle. We take a lot of pride in it. We we talk about it. Um, it's interesting, right? Like, we didn't have a great football experience, and yet both of us – I mean, I'm going to interview Kyle. I'm putting on a Princeton shirt so people watch it on YouTube.com slash NFL can see it. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's just common, or I, I don't know. I just – I feel like most people in life, like – if they had four years where they didn't have a winning season, they'd be like, no, nah, I'm, not, I'm not wearing that. Thanks. It, I actually took it a step further. I was in the actual sitcom scene about a half hour ago, like from Everybody Loves Raymond, where I'm standing there in my bedroom with my wife, Brooke, holding up two Princeton shirts and saying, <laughs> which one do you think I should wear? I had an orange one and a black one. And she had a great take. She's like, if you're going to wear a Princeton shirt, wear a Princeton shirt. It's orange. Wear the orange one. So I said, great. Thank you, honey. And you're tapping into something, Ross, that I think is actually really heavy. And, you know, I, I never played it down a football after Princeton. So I, I didn't have memories with Bill Parcells and Marty Schottenheimer and J.P. Lossman and all those great memories you have of him. I just – that was the last I ever played. And we were 5-5, five 5-5, five, five 3-7, and three and 7-7. And, three and, seven. and I, I still carry that around 20, 25 years later. I'm ashamed of it. I have nightmares about it. Literally, I have dreams about it. And I know a lot of people listen, even if they just played high school football, I'm sure they still are gut-wrenched about the pass that they dropped or the block that they missed. And I feel the exact same way. And um, I don't know, Ross, like I know this, it's really close to home for you, but with all the college football news lately and all the stuff with the big 10, you know, everyone wants to jump right into saying, well, you know, this player is going to go pro and this player is going to go pro and Trevor Lawrence, what's he going to do? My heart shatters for the 99.1% of college football players who were never going to go pro, but their entire identity for 22 years has been, I'm a football player. This is my life. This is my senior season. I'm a captain. My parents are going to come visit. I'm going to have senior nights. I've been working out all fall. That kid, he got his, you're taking, it's over. You didn't, it's not that you lost a lot of games. You didn't get to play them. It's not that you lost to your rival. It was taken away from you. And I know you have two, Ross. I have seen 240-pound linebackers sobbing in a locker room when they take off their shoulder pads for the last time. And this could be in high school. This could be in college. But at least they got there. At least they played their games. At least they were knocked out of the playoffs. These kids, this 21-year-old kid who's played football his whole life, poof, it's over. You're never playing again. And I think it is such a shame, and I feel so bad for them. 
Well said. Um, I, I feel that way about college. I feel it even uh, bigger for high school. Um, yes. If someone took away my senior high school football, uh, I don't know what I would do, but it wouldn't be good. I, I, I don't know what that would have meant for me, but. Can you imagine August of your senior year, going into your senior year? This is it. Big man on campus. We're going to win the division. We're going to win the county. We're going to win the state. Whatever. Everybody thinks that. You got your weightlifting mix on and you've worked your ass off and you got your sleeveless shirt and you're ready to go. And then you find out on Twitter, there's no season. It's over. You, not only is the season over, you're literally never playing football again if you're most kids. It's it's devastating. It's like, it's like losing an arm. Devastating. Awful. Uh, the show is called 10 Questions. Yes. Brand. As you can tell, it's awesome. He's awesome. Think about how cool it was for me and Kyle just to hang out every Thursday and Saturday night. For some other reason, Princeton parties. I don't know. Thursday and Saturday night are the party nights. Friday's dead at Princeton. Never got an explanation for that, by the way. But Thursday and Saturday night. So Kyle and I hung out all the time. Check him out on Twitter, at Kyle Brandt. He's awesome. He's hilarious. He's one of my best friends, and I'm extremely proud of everything he's doing. Every time he gets a new show or he goes viral or people are giving him kudos. or I mean, I don't have Aaron Rodgers' cell phone. Hey, Aaron, I played in the NFL, okay, for seven years, all right? Got it right here. Why does Kyle have your cell phone number and I don't? <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Ross, over 20 years later, here we are on YouTube. What are we doing just like we did in Jadwin Gym? Making a video about football. It all comes together. Love what you're doing, and I, you know this. I'll come anytime. I know I say this all the time, but I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. Just very, very cool to be able to uh, be in the same industry with someone you've known since you were 18 and go back and forth. The Aaron Rodgers story was amazing, and I'm going to have to listen to Kirk Cousins now. Very, very cool. Speaking of very, very cool, BetQL. I don't know, Bri, if you saw that game-winning shot by Luka Doncic last night, but it was unbelievable. That guy is unreal. He's the type of guy that gets me to watch more NBA, more Major League Baseball, more hockey. And if I want to know what's going on or if I want to place a bet, and know where to place a bet, it's all about betql.com or the BetQL app. I've told you guys already, they have these best bet algorithms that scan hundreds of data points to give you a best bet recommendation for every game and gives you the reasoning behind why you should place that bet. So if you want to make games a little more interesting, but you don't really know much about the teams, I would say go to betql.com, enter the code ROSS20, so you get 20% off your first payment and utilize them. Like let, let them lead the way for you or uh, for some of the NFL bets that are coming up. Steve and I are doing our official season win total bets on Even Money Podcast the next two weeks. So tomorrow we'll do the AFC. Next week we'll do the NFC. And then it's week one. I mean, then we are in week one of the NFL. So check out the BetQL app, BetQL.com, code ROSS20, and tomorrow's Even Money podcast. If you want to know officially on the record what me and Steve think of your team this year. Tuck Stakes. Ross, let's start today in the Beltway. We'll start in Baltimore, where All-Pro Safety Earl Thomas has been released two days after fighting with teammate Chuck Clark on Friday. Wow. What a crazy situation on a lot of different levels. Uh, I wrote 
about this a couple times on Twitter yesterday at Ross Tucker NFL. I don't know if you retweeted or not, Brian at Ross Tucker Pod. Also posted some videos from a family trip up to the Thousand Islands on Instagram for those of you that want to check it out. At Ross Tucker NFL. Instagram's kind of more of like the behind the scenes stuff, some daddy soda pics, et cetera. So if you're not already following me there, check it out. Speaking of Instagram, I think that's where Earl Thomas actually sealed his fate. So I guess he was frustrated because he messed up on Friday in practice. This is according to Earl and what he posts on Instagram. So he got in a fight with Chuck Clark, who's a very respected teammate. Evidently, this was not the first time Earl Thomas has gotten in a fight. He had gotten in a fight with Brandon Williams last year, the big nose tackle who didn't play in a game in which they lost. I don't know if it was to Cleveland or whatever. And Brandon's a highly respected guy. But then you see all these reports that Earl Thomas is missing practices, I mean, missing meetings and stuff. And you start to think, and this is what I tweeted, I mean, you're talking about a guy who in Seattle – kind of wore out his welcome, given the finger to his head coach, Pete Carroll, et cetera, and got out of there. Then he's a free agent, and he gets a huge deal with the Ravens. I mean, he got $22 million, essentially, for one year, and the Ravens are cutting him conduct detrimental. So they're trying to not have to pay him the $10 million he's guaranteed this year. He'll probably file a grievance because he's guaranteed that money but the Ravens think, you know, between the pattern of behavior, and this is the thing, he posted video of the play in question on the internet. You are not allowed to do that as an NFL player. You are not supposed to post practice video on your personal social media. So anyway, Earl Thomas, now a free agent, got $22 million for one year. They can't really go back after that. He's getting that. Um, they'll fight over the remaining 10 million and I'm sure he'll get another opportunity somewhere, but you have to start to wonder, he had sort of a very strange off field issue this off season too. And it seems strange that he's not the type of guy that from what I had heard before, that would be skipping meetings and stuff. So I don't know. I, I would heavily investigate it before I would do anything with Earl Thomas. takes. Meanwhile, in D.C., Washington head coach Ron Rivera announced over the weekend that he has cancer and is going to be undergoing chemotherapy treatment this season, but said he's not going to miss a snap. That's the plan right now, but you also don't really know you know, how you're going to react to that type of treatment. And he has said that, and I guess Jack Del Rio is the plan B, and Jack Del Rio is a pretty good plan B to have in, in Washington, obviously, being a two-time head coach. So... Uh, most importantly, I think they'll be okay, and I hope, really hope, that everything goes well with Ron. I think he's such an awesome guy. We've talked about this before. Everybody likes him, and um, he's a very well-respected man. And I think prayers up for him and his family that he gets through this and these treatments and stays healthy. Tuck some other news includes the NFL naming an eight-person advisory committee, which will advise Commissioner Goodell on COVID-related competitive issues that could arise during the season. Uh, Patriots quarterback Jared Stidham dealing with a leg issue that could affect him for weeks. And last but not least, the Raiders signing both Kyle Emanuel and Theo Riddick. So I'll go in reverse order. 
you know, I think both Kyle Emanuel and Theo Riddick might be able to help him. Theo Riddick has always been a good pass receiving back. Kyle Emanuel took a year off. He retired from the Chargers. And I guess after taking a year off, he's recharged, wants to get going again. Um, as for Jarrett Stidham, it didn't sound like he was performing that well anyway. And maybe part of it's because he's had this leg issue. I mean, he had to go to the hospital for it. It supposedly will be weeks until he is fully healthy. So uh, it seems like the comp quarterback competition in New England is pretty much over. As And they say Cam's been improving and stuff. So sounds like that'll be Cam. And then, you know, this eight-person advisory panel is important, Bri, very important, because they are not just a – they have nothing to do with the medical part of it. All everything to do with the competitive part of it, right? Like, what if a team has an outbreak? What if a team has six guys at the same position get the virus? Whatever the deal is, right? Com, you know, Commissioner Goodell wants to have an advisory committee, so it's not like he's unilaterally making these competitive decisions. And we saw yesterday what could potentially happen. There's a lab in New Jersey, BioReference, that evidently generated a lot of false positives the same day. I mean, it was like 10 teams, the Bears and the Browns and the Giants that all had, you know, several to a lot um, to 10 or 11 false positives. And it was, it was a big red flag because none of the other people anywhere else had, had any positives at the other labs. So they figured it was something. So they retested them all and realized they were all, false positives, which is great. Makes me wonder about like the regular person though, right? Like they don't have that kind of data on that person. I wonder if some people got false positives that are just normal people that the NFL isn't like watching over. But at any rate, that's what happened. And so that's the type of thing. Like what happened, what would happen if that happened two days before the game and they had to miss practice that day? I, I don't know, but there, there might be some issues that come up and the NFL has this committee to try to, to make sure they're doing the right thing there. Uh, shout outs to Pizza Boy Brewing, DynastyFreaks.com. We will actually do the college draft podcast with my new buddy, Emery Hunt, who's been fantastic on that show. He's talking about the top Pac-12 prospects on tomorrow's show. So looking forward to that. And as I mentioned earlier, Steve Fezzik, even money on Tuesday, should be incredible. Going over the AFC season win totals. Cannot wait. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.